I want to start in Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. We, have, we are in a relationship series as a church for you who are new with us, but I'm, I'm taking the week off from that as we celebrate our four-year anniversary. So uh, next week, we'll be back at it, and uh, I'm excited to continue on that series uh, that we've been in, but I thought I'd just take a break for one week and uh, just wanted to build your faith, declare a few things over our church, and um, I'm excited about it. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. Everyone say, I am crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go. Then you'll know which way to go. Since you have never been this way before, but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the ark of the covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel. So you may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Back to verse 5. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Everyone say amazing things. Amazing things. I want to preach about amazing things today. I believe God wants to do an amazing thing in your life. Father, we thank you for it now. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Then amen. amen and amen. Thank you, brother. So after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the children of Israel are finally going to cross over. Uh, this is something that should have happened a long time ago, but because of the unbelief of Israel and because of the unbelief of Moses, they were not able to cross over, and a whole generation ended up dying in the wilderness, not crossing over into what God had for them, not inheriting what God had for them. And, and we learn from them. This is actually what uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us, that we are to learn from Israel, that we are not to repeat their mistakes. Because uh, if you're not careful, you can be the people of God, have the promise of God, um, have, have the, the love of God, but you never enter into the purposes that God has for you. And the Bible says it's because of their unbelief. And so we, we talked a lot about that through the month of January. But I want to take you back to this moment where they're finally going to cross over into what God has for them. And I want to show you some things um, that we have to do as a church, that we have to do as a people, that you have to do as an individual in order to enter into what God has for you. And I'm, I'm bringing us back to Joshua chapter 3. Because four years ago, this was the word of the Lord that God gave us. That you were going to enter into something and you had never gone this way before. This is what God tells Joshua. 
And Jensen Franklin laid his hands on me. He said, Jabin, you've never gone this way before. You've never seen this before. And that has been a word that God has given us now over these last four years, that we've never tried to box God in or tell God what to do or, or follow the rules of the experts. We've really tried to listen to the Holy Spirit because I had this word. Uh, we, we've never tried to be different on purpose. We've never tried to be edgy. But we have really worked hard at obeying the voice of God because God said, I'm going to take you away that you've never gone this way before. It's never been done like this before. You've never seen it in your city. You've never seen it in your ministry. It's going to be different. And, and this word has been true for us over the last four years to see what the Lord has done in this city, to see what the Lord has done in this church. It is, it is very unique, and I believe that God has, if God has that word over the church and God has that word over the individuals of the church, you've never gone this way before. You've never seen this before. What God is about to do in your life is going to be awesome in your eyes, and you will have nothing to compare it to. So the first thing that God tells Joshua to do and the first thing that that we're going to have to do in order to see amazing things in our life is follow his presence. God said in verse 3, follow the ark, then you will know which way to go. If you follow the ark, then you will know. Follow, then you will know. You have to commit to following God and following his presence before you have answers or clarity. See, the ark of God represented the presence of God. It's the, it's the place that God would meet. And at the very center of the ark was the mercy seat of God. This, this represented in the Old Testament the very presence of God. And I love what God says. He says, number one, follow the ark. Number two, keep your distance. In other words, don't get ahead of God. Be patient. Don't force a move. Don't force a decision. If the peace isn't there, if it's not the time, if you feel rushed, it's probably not God. Don't get ahead of God. This is why, by the way, over the last four years, I've, I've heard no so many times in the last four years from our city, from buildings, from lands, from schools, from I've heard no. When when we started the church, we got twenty six no's just on a location. And you know what? It never discouraged me. Here's why: because I have to trust that I'm following the ark. I have to trust that God is leading in God. I have to trust that if I pray and if I'm asking for the will of God to be done and if I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, even the no's, that if I'm fasting and I'm praying and I'm seeking God and I'm still getting a no, I have to believe that God is somehow in that. Listen, so many decisions to be made, parents. So many responsibilities, business owners. So much pressure in this COVID world that we're in. What is God's command? Is it to lead? No. Is it to make the decision? No. Is it to do it on your own? No. Is it to rest in your own talent, gifting, or abilities? No. God's call is follow. God's call is follow. Even after God told Joshua in chapter 1 to be courageous... Let me tell you what takes courage to obey the voice of God. Let me tell you what takes courage 
to follow the ark. Let me tell you what takes courage when you're the military leader of a nation of three million people, but you will still submit yourself to the presence of God and say, God, if you're not in it, I don't want it. And I pray that City Light Church never loses that spirit. I never want to lose my need for God. I never want to lose my love for God. I never, want to, I never want to do this on my own. I never want City Light to become a professional church. I never want to become a professional minister. I never want us to become professional Christians where we just have it all figured out. No, the call of City Light Church is that we will always follow the ark. And if God says move, we move. And if God says stay, we stay. And if God says sing, we sing. And if God says shut up, we're going to shut up because we're listening and we're following the presence of God and wherever God leads it will be good because he said I have a place for you besides streams of living water where you will lie down and find rest. That's what I want. And why do we need to follow the presence of God? Verse four, because, because you've never gone this way before. And I want to declare where God is taking you and God is taking us. We've never gone this way before. Your family has never been this way before. You have never been this way before. Your last name has never been this way before. Your business has never been this way before. Your marriage has never been this way before. God says, I am taking you into a great place. I am taking you into a land flowing with milk and honey. I am taking you into abundance, but you're going to have to trust me for it. You're not going to be able to do it on your own, but if you will follow the art God has in Ephesians 3.20 promise over your life, over your family, and over your dream, to now unto him who is able, come on, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could think according to the power that works in us. But I got to follow the ark. The ark is guiding me. God's presence is leading me. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me. This is my confession of faith. John chapter 10, verse 3. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. Come on, God is going before you. And the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from the stranger, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I'm declaring this year we're going to be spirit-led. I'm declaring this year we're going to follow the ark. I'm declaring this year, wherever the ark leads us, wherever God's presence leads us, it will be good. And so we trust his goodness. I wrote this down this year. I'm praying about it. This year, I'm fasting about it. This year, I'm asking godly counsel about it. This year, I'm following the voice of the good shepherd. And the voice of strangers, I will not follow. The voice of strangers, my children will not follow. The voice of strangers, our marriage will not follow. The voice of strangers, our business will not follow. We are led by the Holy Spirit and by the voice of the good shepherd. Follow the ark follow his presence. What a safe place to be. 
in his presence. Number two, you have to prepare for tomorrow. Consecrate yourselves today for tomorrow. Consecrate yourselves today, God said, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Consecrate today. Prepare to treat us sacred, to separate, to dedicate, and to observe as holy. God says treat today as holy, treat today as sacred, separate today, dedicate today, prepare today, observe today. I never know when God will do something amazing, so I always consecrate today. I never know when God is going to break through, so I prepare today. I never know when God is going to move, so I consecrate today. I never know when God is going to release a miracle, so I, so I treat today as holy. And I think it's amazing because I think we love that phrase, amazing things. But we're not as crazy about consecrate. But you, but you don't get amazing things without consecrating. And the amazing things that God wants to do in your life are attached to consecrating today. So I'm doing something today that is preparing me for what God has for me. Hmm. And notice this. Only God can do the amazing thing, but only I can consecrate today. And I think a lot of times we're trying to force an amazing thing. Instead of doing the very thing we can do, which is to consecrate, treat as holy, and separate today. He lets us decide what we treat as holy. He lets us, to, he lets us decide what day we consecrate. He lets us choose how we see today and how we see what God is doing in our life today. God says, you get to make that decision, not me. But once you make that decision, then I can do something amazing. Friends, when opportunity knocks, you better be dressed. (laughs) People who walk in God's promises see today is sacred and tomorrow is amazing. Can you write that down somewhere? Can you put that on your phone? Can you remind yourself of that this week? Can you text yourself and just remind yourself, Today is sacred. Tomorrow will be amazing. This is my confession of faith. Today is sacred. Tomorrow will be amazing. This is what I'm believing for right now. Today is sacred. Tomorrow will be. I'm believing for a miracle, but today is sacred. Tomorrow will be amazing. I'm believing for breakthrough, but today is sacred. Tomorrow will be amazing. I'm, I'm believing for some answers, but I'm, I'm, my, the confession of my heart is today is sacred. Tomorrow will be Amazing. This means I have faith for today and hope for my future. Exodus chapter 3 verse 5, when God introduces himself to Moses, here's what he says. He says, take your sandals off for you are standing on holy ground. Not Egypt where you were, not the promised land where you're going, but right here, right now. Right, right here. You're on the run. This is holy. Yeah. 
You're, you're not even fulfilling the call of God on your life. This is holy. You've married a, a strange woman from a strange land. You've broken the covenant of God, but this is holy. You're supposed to be leading a nation, and instead you're a sheep herder, but this is holy. God says, right where you are is holy ground. If you will take your shoes off, please don't right now. But if you're at home, I know they're not even on, so that's okay. You're already tracking with us. If you will, if you will treat this as holy, if you will, tre- if you will see this as sacred, Because we, we tell ourselves it was holy ground or it will be holy ground. But we forget that right here, where I'm currently standing, when I'm believing for the miracle, when I'm believing for the breakthrough, when I'm believing for the answer, when I'm, this is holy. It's not going to be holy when I get it. It's holy right now because I deem to consecrate today. In other words, God's saying it's holy if you allow it to be holy. If you'll take your shoes off in sacredness, it's holy. If you'll treat it as sacred, it's holy. The world has yet to see what God can do through one man who is wholly consecrated to him. And by God's help, I aim to be that man. What can God do through you? Only God knows. Listen, only God knows, but only you can consecrate. Only God knows, but only you can treat as sacred. Only God knows, but only you can invite the presence of God into your moment. I'll just give you one practical way to do this before I move on. Give God your morning. I'm not a morning person. Become one. Pretty easy. You just do it. Because you know how this whole chapter started, verse 3? In the morning. (laughs) I know you're like, it happened at midnight. Nope, it happened in the morning. In the morning, God said. I was watching a, a uh, like a leadership guru money guy on um, Instagram. He's like a like kind of a high level inspirational guy, and he was talking about how he thinks it's so dumb when he hears the other kind of multimillionaire guys talk about, you know, in the morning I wake up and I journal and I meditate and I take a cold shower and I and I write do, do my gratitude journal and I and blah blah blah. You know, and they go through all these things. And, and he goes, oh, that's so stupid. I don't do any of that. I wake up and I go to work because I'm the, I'm the best in the morning. So I'm not going to do all that other stuff in the morning. I'm going to get straight to work when I'm, when I'm at my best. And I thought, that makes a lot of sense in the natural. But in the spirit, when am I at my best? I'm at my best first thing in the morning. So who should get my best? Work? Or God? Me? Or the voice of God? Instagram? Or the voice of God? Facebook or the voice? Emails or the voice of God? So when I'm at my best, when I'm sharpest, in the morning, I should give God that moment. Wow. 
Give him your best. By, by the way, this is, this is why we give God Sunday. Because the Bible calls Sunday the first day of the week. The world calls Monday the first day of the week, but the Bible calls Sunday the first day of the week. It was on the first day of the week that Jesus rose from the dead. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 that on the first day of the week we are to worship and bring our offerings. Why do we, why do we worship why do we do this on the first? Why is it a big deal that we worship? Even if you're watching online, why is it important that you block out an hour on Sunday to engage and not on Tuesday? Jamin, are you being legalistic? I, I don't think I am. I want to give God the first because the first to God is always the best. And what God is asking of us is our Best because it is the best that is consecrated to him. So good. Wow. So I give God Sunday. I, I give God my mornings. I give God my tithe. It's the, it's the first and it's the best. It's all a principle. It's all a principle of first. They rose up early in the morning and God began to speak. And if you will give God the first and the best part of your day, God will meet you there. Amen. Amen. Woo. Number three. We can and we should expect elevation. Amen. Expect elevation. Can I expect? Absolutely. <laughs> Can I expect for God to do something amazing in my life? Absolutely. Should I be believing God to really break through in my life? Absolutely. And, and I'm sorry. I know this can kind of ruffle people's feathers at times. But this, we're just a good news church. This is just who we are. This is just what I preach. And, and sometimes people get, you know, they kind of they don't like when I talk this way, because they've been told by religion that all the good stuff happens in heaven. And no good stuff can happen here. <laughs> but Jesus told me to pray for heaven to come to earth. Amen. Yeah? And so, so heaven is going to be amazing. Heaven is going to be awesome. But, but until I get there, I'm believing God to do something amazing in my, I'm expecting elevation even right now because here's what God told Joshua in verse 7. He said, he said, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel. God said, I'm going to put a, I'm going to put something on your life for influence. I'm going to put something on your life that leads people. Can I tell you, if you will follow his presence and you will consecrate today. God will make you. I'm not talking about a social media influencer, but he will make you an influence in our city. Can I tell you what our city needs? It needs influence. It needs people of influence. I didn't necessarily say affluence, but I said influence. 
where when you walk into your work, there's an influence on you. When you walk in, when you walk in your place of employment, there's an in, when you walk onto your campus, there's an influence about you. And God says, I will actually give you, I will actually exalt you among the people so that you have a voice where you did not have a voice, where you will have a say where you did not have a say, where you will, well, you will have words where you did not have words. And what is it? Is it for you? No, it's, it's for bringing God, it's for bringing people into what God has for them. It's for bring, bringing people back to the gospel. It's for bringing people into the presence of God. It's for bringing people into their promise. And God says, I want to exalt you. I want to elevate you. It's not about you. It's about what I want to do through you. And it really does have to be a God thing. Listen, it has to be a God thing because 40 years earlier, when Joshua and Caleb were trying to shut up the people and tell them we can go into the promised land, they didn't listen to them because that because God hadn't done that in them yet. But now 40 years later, as he's followed the ark and 40 years later, as he's consecrated today, and now that he's really submitted his life to God, God says, now I can trust you. I can trust you with finance. I can trust you with influence. I can trust you with promotion. Notice that the Lord will do the amazing things. So here's the awesome thing. I feel no pressure to do amazing things. I just don't. I don't feel a pressure to preach amazing sermons. I don't feel a pressure to have an amazing gift. But I do feel a sacred call to obey. And if I will obey God will do amazing things. And if you will obey, God will do amazing things. Now, if you want to do amazing things, you can. They just won't be nearly as amazing as if God does the amazing things. (laughs) It is God who exalts. God who promotes. It is God who lifts. And it is God who does the amazing things. And I know that when I do what I can do, God will do what I cannot do. Let me have the keys come up. I want to tell you that this year, I'm trusting God to do what I cannot do. But I'm calling myself to do what I can do. Jesus is going to raise his best friend Lazarus from the dead. And right before he says the famous words, Lazarus, come forth, first he says, hey, disciples, you roll away the stone. I will not do what you can do. But if you'll roll away the stone, I will do what you cannot do. And I just want to admit something that maybe will fluster our charismatic friends, but I can't raise the dead. I know that's shocking. But I can roll away a stone. All day. But I can love people. But I can serve people. But I can help build the church but I can help be a witness, but I can love my family, 
I, I, I can't raise the dead, but I can roll away the stone. And if I will be faithful to roll away the stone, Jesus will be faithful to raise the dead. If I will do what I can do in the natural, God will do what he will do in the supernatural. If I will roll away the stone, he will raise the dead. When I consecrate, the Lord will do amazing things. When I obey, God will move. When I pray, God will answer. When I ask, I will receive. When I seek, I will find. When I knock, the door will be open to me. When I sow, I will reap. When I bow low, I will be promoted. If I will roll away the stone, God will do amazing things. The Bible said that promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. Promotion comes from the Lord. Follow his presence. Consecrate today. Expect, expect elevation. Not for you, but for where God wants to bring the people in your world. Joshua was not elevated just for himself. He was elevated for the sake of the nation. Because God knew that in order for them to experience victory and for, in, in order for them to walk in what God had for them, They had to have a leader that they could look to to trust. And for God to do what he wants to do in our city, there must be people in the city that the others can look to and trust. Promotion comes from the Lord. Let's believe for it this year. Let's roll away a stone this year. Let's do what we know to do in the natural and trust God for the supernatural. Let's, let's treat today as sacred and let God do all of the heavy lifting. He will do amazing things if we will consecrate today. Father, I thank you for all you've done in this church and all that you're doing in our lives. Today we recommit to following your presence. We recommit to calling today sacred. We recommit to believing you for favor. I just want to declare favor over somebody's life right now. Let me say it like this. Like I'm like if you're sitting there going, I'm believing God for favor. Because you might be sitting there and going, I don't even know, I don't know what you're talking about. But you, but there are people in this room right now that are going, if 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 God would would do that, 
it could shift everything in our life. Like things are maybe good, maybe things are awesome. But with one moment of favor, there could be a divine acceleration. Let me see that. Let me see that group. Who's that group? Stand if that's you. If that's you. Stand if that's you. Favor. On your business, favor. On your idea, favor. Oh, Father, I pray that you would exalt this group among the people, not for their glory, but use them as vessels of influence to bring people into their promise. I thank you, Jesus, that you grew in favor with God and with man. And I declare that today, this is what God said. He said, today I will begin to exalt. Today you begin to grow right now in favor. And you'll even remember today. You'll remember February 20, 2022. You'll remember the day that something began to move and shift in your life. In Jesus' name, I declare it is so. Everyone said amen.